Yo, what up, what up, welcome back, another edition, Judd's Buds episode 15, I think, maybe not, let's just go to 15, 15 sounds good, 15, holy shit, we're just piping along here, wow, it's been that, 15 weeks of this shit, um, God bless you if you've been tuning in every week that's psychotic of you Uh, that's a lot of considering i average like two hours an episode that's that's too much um but yep anyways uh welcome in Uh, as always your host spoke z spoke z on twitter still not only fans sorry uh coming to you live not really i guess because you're probably listening to this not right now considering i'm the only one in this stream yard chat room uh anyways um Monday night after the Avs game, what a fucking game. Holy shit. So that was, I mean, they do it again, right? Like once again, um, you know, let's just, okay. Let's just get right into it. No small talk. So I, I, obviously I'll jump into the wild in a second here. Um, I'm trying to put a little bit more thought and planning beforehand into episodes so I don't just start rambling and then halfway through I'm like, I don't even know what I've been talking about. Um, I think part of the reason that I go so long every every fucking week um, is because there's just no plan. I start talking and, I'm, and I probably repeat myself a good 15 to 20 times. Um, so if I could start, you know, outlining shit, that would be cool. So... I think from now on, I'm going to try to do, you know, like headline news type stuff to start, go over the week with the wild more as always, like focus on, you know, the young players, the Boldies, the Dewars, the Addisons, uh, Duhame, those guys go to Iowa, prospect roundup, questions, whatever. Uh, But I want to start thinking of segments and stuff. So like, again, just so there's some kind of plan for these. So if you guys can think of anything. Let me know, because this is a one-man show right now, um, and I'm an idiot, so I, I can't really think of cool shit. Um, so if, if you guys have ideas, or if there's things you want to hear, or you want to like have some kind of themes for episodes and shit, then you know, let me know, because that'd be cool. I have a couple that uh, people have been wanting me to go over. Like I've had a couple of people asking me about specific prospects, so I'll start spending probably more time talking about them uh you know as people ask me about them throughout the week um so maybe like instead of going over each and every single individual prospect in the roundup i spend more time talking about three or four and then kind of just like glance over uh the other ones and their stats for the week i think that might be a little bit better but uh again if you have ideas i'm all ears um so let's start with some headline news type stuff um you know considering it's the um you know considering this is a prospect young player show we'll start with rem pitlick uh he gets waived this week um montreal claims him um there were some people that were confused some people weirdly like yeah good which i don't i don't know why that was any kind of reaction um but i guess i'll just kind of give my two cents in the whole thing it wasn't a total surprise honestly um 
you know, I thought it was an off-season acquisition that did confuse people. I thought it made a lot of sense considering the kid is clearly an NHL ready. He's an NHL player. Uh, he's kind of proven over the last few years. He's probably too good for the AHL. Maybe not too good, but like in order of what he's like really needing to prove and what more he needed to add to his game. He was, I mean, he was ready to play in the NHL, right? So, you know, he comes in, he puts up pretty good numbers considering he averages like nine minutes a game. Uh, he scores, he shoots 46%, which is insane. Uh, he scored again today for Montreal in his second game, which it was a rip. Great shot. Um, you know, but he, so he, this kid is, he's a solid player. Um, his problem is that he probably just didn't, he wasn't cut out for, um, hmm, not, not cut out. That's the wrong way to say it, but there was just no space for him to thrive as a player here. But, you know, again, offseason acquisition, totally free. You don't give up any assets. Um, and I think it really just kind of bought them some time to let Beckman and Boldy and Rossi and all those guys go down into the AHL until they're ready to come up. And then, you know, once they come up, those are guys that are going to play in the top six for a long time. Those are guys that are playing big offensive roles right now already. So like, I mean, we've seen Boldy now for four games. He has four points. I think his AHL days are numbered. No reason to send him down. He certainly fits in. He looks like one of the more dangerous players every single game so you know you look at rem pitlick and i think you know he we haven't seen the best of him yet but his game is an offensive skill scoring uh game and here you know if you want to play for minnesota and you want to play in evison's system you got to be able to uh play both sides of the puck right and that's not really what Rem Pitlick is right now. I think there's no room for him in the top six. And, you know, you, again, we see how Everson likes to play those third and fourth lines. Um, you know, I think Connor Dewar's come in and done that job unbelievably well for a kid that's kind of just thrown in there. Um, so I bet that really kind of cost him his spot. I think he's going to have a lot more opportunity in uh, Montreal. First of all, that team fucking Dinks. They're really bad. Holy shit. Uh, but he's gonna be able to play a more offensive role and be a bigger part of their offense there. So I think it just makes sense for them. Um, and really it makes sense for him. It was a cool story. Minnesota kid playing at home, uh, scores his first goal and in the same game, he gets a hat trick. There's a lot of good stuff going on for him, but now that Boldy's here and he's shown that he's NHL ready now that Connor Dewar, like I told you guys all year again, um, you know, Connor Dewar's come into that third line, Duhame, those guys. There really just wasn't a spot for him. Um, and if you're only going to play on one side of the puck well, then Everson doesn't really have time for you, right? So, you know, it, I think the writing was on the wall again when he got scratched. Um, was that a couple, I guess like a month ago. Um, and then again, Dewar comes up and those other young players come up, but it just kind of cost him a spot, right? So, you know, it, it's it, it sucks on one side of it, just because cool story, good kid, good player. Um, you know, but I think it's just going to make more sense for him in Montreal. There's not as much expectations on the team now, especially considered with where they're at. They're literally the worst team of the league. Uh, they got pounded by Arizona, which, I mean, that's like hard to do. Um, but he's going to have more opportunity there. Um, he's going to play with 
some better players on probably in their top six. Uh, I think he's played with Drew Ann today. So I think it's a move that's going to work out for him. And again, if you're looking at the Minnesota side of things, I don't really lose much. Um, again, you didn't give up anything to get him. Um, you kind of just lose in the same way you acquired him. So hopefully it works out for him. Uh, he's a good player. And uh, I think Montreal will be good for him. And hopefully he can play more and continue to develop. So good luck to Ren Pitlick. It was a short-lived um but fun time in minnesota um but you know if you're if you're able to move on from you know a good player like that it means you have other good young players coming in so i think it works out for everybody uh next on the list eric stall is back kind of kind of back um he signs a pto with iowa um i honestly had like totally forgot about him because I never really penciled him into someone that just wasn't going to get a contract this summer. I figured someone would sign him. I don't know if he had offers and just didn't want to go anywhere that he was getting offered or whatever. But now that the NHL has pulled out of the Olympics, I think this is a chance for him to get some games in and hopefully make team Canada. Um, but he comes back kind of to go to Iowa and I don't really know how long he's going to be down there. Uh, he played again today. I mean, it's it's funny watching him, the three games that he's been in so far. He's just, I mean, he's better than everybody. Like, he's just that good. And it's been cool because, like, he's not, I mean, he chose to go there, right? He signed, He doesn't have to sign that PTO. He could probably find somewhere else to go. Um, And I'm guessing he signed a PTO in the AHL so that he could go to the Olympics. He doesn't have an NHL contract. So, um, you know, just looking at him, Again, it's the AHL, and it's very much beneath him. But, I mean, he's he works his ass off down there. He's having fun. He's scoring. Um, he's playing with some good players. Um, it's it's pretty evident watching them play that they, they all have a little bit more jump when they're on the ice with him. Uh, and he's looked great. So I would assume that he goes to the Olympics, assuming he makes that or they select him or whatever. I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, and then maybe he signs an NHL contract after that. Um, but yeah, it's just really cool to see him play again. And again, it's not like he's there and he's like, Oh, I can't believe I'm here. He looks happy to be there, which how many guys who have over a thousand games, uh, in the NHL who have won cups, who, who, you know, have accomplished as much as he's accomplished, uh, are like pumped to go play in the AHL. So, I mean, that just speaks to him and his character and how much he loves the game, right? I mean, he, the fuck, the guy's got a thousand fucking points. Like, um, but hey, you know what? Good for him. Um, again, it's really good for Iowa. It's great. He played with Adam Beckman today, and Adam Beckman was awesome. Adam Beckman's been awesome, but um, yeah, just really cool to see him play play again. Hopefully, he goes to the Olympics. Um, and then hopefully he signs a contract in the NHL. There's still a lot of good hockey, or maybe not a lot of good hockey. The guy's old, but there's still hockey. There's still NHL caliber hockey there, and he clearly loves it. So cool to see him back. Um, yeah, let's move on again. Uh, Sam Hentges, prospect out of St. Cloud. He makes Team USA. Good for him. Um, he was out for a while. Uh, he missed a lot of time with injuries. Comes back, first three games back, he has two points in all three games. Um, that USA team's going to be really fun. They're going with a lot of the young players, which is really cool. 
lot of college guys. So, you know, Natty Beniers, a couple of BC kids, they're going for Team USA. It's going to be a fun team to watch, so that's cool. Uh, but, hey, good for Sam Hentges, man. I found out. That's how you say it, by the way. I don't have to call him Sam H anymore. It's fucking Sam Hentges. Sick name. What a beauty. Uh, but congratulations to him. Um, also in the news, Johnny Merrill leads the league in vibes per 60. The mullet, the stash. What a beauty. He signs a three-year extension with Minnesota. Didn't see that coming. Um, three years, 1.2 million. No problems here. Um, you know, he's been solid all year long. That, that was a really low-key signing right at the end of that first day of free agency um you know and obviously the plan was probably for him and kulikov or ben to be those rotating five six seven guys uh i think since the start of the year he's been really good playing with kulikov on that third pair and now you know brodine's been out spurgeon's been out so he's been playing a lot more uh heavy minutes than i'm sure they anticipated but for the most part he's been great i mean He's very much, he's filled very admirably, uh, admirably in those, um, those times that they've needed him. So, you know, good to see him coming back. Good to see him get a, a more than like a one year deal. Um, he's an awesome guy. Clearly, the boys love him. He's hilarious. Everything he does is very funny. His family's cool as hell. That video that they that his wife posted of the kids going bananas. Um, at one of, at, I think it was his goal actually that they were just going psycho that house must be insane because he's he's a psychopath in the best way possible so i'd imagine that house is just an absolute like i mean it's just chaos 24 7 and there's four kids four fucking kids i mean he's a giant kid so really that's like five so god bless his wife um but yeah so there you go johnny merrill three years coming back uh and the last thing i have for news uh Erickson Eck and Spurgeon looked like they're pretty close to returning. Erickson Eck was gonna play on Friday, but then you know he comes back from injury and immediately tests positive for COVID. So he's still on protocol. Uh Spurgeon's been practicing. I don't remember if they said if there was a timeline for when he'd be playing games again. Um, but they had two massive guys coming back. Uh hopefully Brodeen comes back soon. Uh, Bugstag got slashed by Sugarello in practice, and it sounds like it's a pretty not great injury, so that sucks. But, you know, we're starting to get back to somewhat full strength here, so that's good. Um, it's crazy because, I mean, they've just been continuing to play so well and winning games without, you know, your best natural center, your best defenseman, your other best defenseman, your starting goaltender. Um, so, I mean, they, they're getting the job done, but, I mean, it's only going to be better when those guys come back. Um, so yeah, there you go. Actually, that's not true. I have one more. Um, Cam Talbot and Kirill Kaprizov make the all star team. Wow. Um, Kaprizov is no surprise. He's in sicko mode right now, 33 points in his last 19 games. Remember, 10 games in, everyone's like, Oh my god, what's wrong with him? And I was like, Well, I mean, he's not himself, but he's also has like 11 points, so that must be cool to be like off and still at a point per game. Um, <laughs> But Cam Talbot, I guess they're doing the thing where they look at the uh, who has the most wins in the league. Okay, great. Cam Talbot, he's an all-star. Um, I think the people that are upset about it, by the way, who are Wild fans, I think that's really weird. Like, why? Everyone's like, um, okay. 
I mean, like, yeah, should he be an all-star over Connor Hellebuck? Eh, probably not, but he is, and that's great. So congratulations to Cam Talbot. I don't know. I think he has one other all-star appearance maybe that year in Edmonton where he played like 163 games um, and was really good and like one of the reasons they made the playoffs. They stink again, by the way. Holy shit, that team is absolute dog shit. Um, but yeah, and then, the, you know, Hartman leads the league in plus minus, and he's up for like, what is it called? The last man in thing. Um, so, you know, he would be absolutely deserving of that vote. Um, but yeah, so congrats to Kaprizov and congrats to Cameron Talbot. By the way, last year, I don't know who edited his Wikipedia but for a second, I believed it. They made his middle name Solomon. Now, in my head, I was like, there's no fucking way that that's real. But I ran with it. So I started calling Cameron uh, Solomon Talbot. And then everyone called me an idiot. So I stopped doing it. And it's not his middle name. I think his middle name is like Thomas or some shit. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Solomon because that's way funnier. Um, but, yeah. So there you go. That's the news. Breaking news, headlines in Minnesota. Um, so let's talk wild hockey. Thanks to all the postponements and shit and cancellations, whatever. Um, they've played two games this week. Uh, they kicked the absolute shit out of the Ducks. That team was fun. Looks like they're starting to trend back downwards again. Uh Minnesota scores a touchdown, extra points good, 7-3. Matt Boldy, first two-point game, first assist. He looks unbelievable. He looks unbelievable with Kevin Fiala, so I don't really see any reason to separate them for the rest of the year. Considering Matt Boldy, again, like I said, I think his days as an AHL hockey player are probably done. Um, So... They looked really good together. Um, Duhame, that was hilarious. He absolutely rocked Manson and had to fight for a clean hit, which is dumb as shit. Um, but, I mean, that's just Duhame. I'm sure he was more than happy. He probably asked the guy to fight. He probably hit Manson and then skated to the Anaheim bench. Like, hey, will someone fight me for that? That'd be really cool if he did that. Um, you know, I bet he did. Probably. He's a psychopath. Um, but... Hold on a second. Why is this doing this to me? Oh, there we go. Okay, we're back. Um, so, yeah, Boldy looks really good with Fiala. Fiala looks absolutely re-energized. Like, he's fine. He finally has another young, really solid player to play with. And, I mean, their chemistry has just taken off immediately. Uh, I think they have points together in almost all their games that they've been on the ice on the same line. Um, Connor Dewar, I thought, was excellent versus Anaheim. Um, again, the reason that you're okay wait, <clears throat> waving and losing Pitlick is, you know, Dewar comes in, he fills that bottom six role, he can play center. Uh, he's been doing all right. The face-off thought, aside from today, um, I mean, this was a tough matchup for any young player to come into, but, uh, you know, he's winning face-offs, uh, he's defending really well, he's killing penalties. Um, but I mean, even his composure on the puck, I said this last week too, uh, the decisions he's making are like under pressure are just really good. He's not freaking out. If he senses pressure, he feels like there's a hit coming. He's taking hits to make plays. He's moving the puck while he's gaining the red line and dumping in before just like just sending one for an icing. Um, he's defending. Well, he's not a big kid, but he's strong. 
Um, so I think Dewar's been really good, and he's deserved his spot in the lineup. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens when guys like, you know, Bukestad are healthy again. But, again, I don't really see a reason that he should be coming out of the lineup. Um, the line of him, Duhame, and Sturm, and him, Duhame, and Gaudreau has been awesome. Um, you know, it... it we know that the wild like to roll those four lines. So, you know, the fact that he's been able to come in and just be himself and play really well, it's been huge for Minnesota. And that's kind of earned him his spot. But um, what else happened versus Anaheim? That was funny. I think that, I don't think maybe that was it, but um, that pass from Kaprizov to Zuccarello was so nasty. Like the no look Kaprizov was in bully mode that game too. He was just throwing reverse hits just dishing out front. Um, yeah, he was just flexing on everybody. And that goal Zuccarello scored four seconds after Boldy. How did, like, how did he do that? How does a team even give up a goal four seconds after they give another one up? Like, that's insane. But, you know, Kaprizov, or not Kaprizov, Zuccarello just jumps in right off the faceoff. <clears throat> Um, and beats Comtois to the puck and just blows one by Stolarz, the poor bastard. They, I mean, they were just slaughtering them all game. Uh, Kakinen's been unbelievable too, by the way. Um, so we can now actually let's talk about this Avs game that happened today. Uh, Kakinen's been unreal. Um, he's really the reason that Minnesota was still in that game after the first period today. Um, you know, he's making some of the most ridiculous saves ever on a team in Colorado. That's probably like top to bottom, the best team in the league, right? Like, you know, their third line centers, Nazem Kadri or no second line centers, Nazem Kadri is like fourth in the league in points. Um, he's having unreal contract year. Good for him for having the wherewithal, uh, to get suspended in the playoffs every year. So that way he could hit his contract year. Full health, fully rested, and go out and earn a billion dollars uh, in free agency. Good for him. Um, but anyways, Avs game today. Holy Lord. What a goddamn game. Um, you know, they take those two dumb penalties in the first period. Um, and for a second, it looked like it was just going to be a slaughter. And the, it started, the game started with like 5-2 shot advantage for Minnesota. And then they took the penalties, and then Colorado entered sicko mode. Uh, but Talbot was just shutting, or Talbot, uh, Kakinen was just shutting the door. Uh, he made a couple unreal saves on McKinnon. That kept him into it. Um, and, you know, eventually, second period starts. And I thought from the second period on... Minnesota like widely outplayed stretches through stretches uh the abs like I think I looked after I want to say the scoring chances were at the end of the game 26 to 16 in Minnesota's favor I think they their expected goals for was like 65% by the end of the game um you know the shots were even but if you look at where the shots are coming from and high danger chances Minnesota, considering you have no Brody, no Spurgeon, no Eriksson, three of your best 
defensive players, right? Like those are your easily your two best defensemen. And then as far as Erickson Eck goes, he's now like a Selkie guy. You know, you don't have them and you pretty much shut down the best team in the league. Uh, you know, Jordy Ben's out there. Johnny Merrill's out there. Kalen Addison's out there. And you're keeping Colorado the outside for the most part. That's, I mean, some of the best teams in the league at full health can't do that. So that just speaks again to this fucking team. Like, how can you can't root against this team? You, it, it's They might be the most entertaining and likable team in the league. Um, but yeah, they just storm right back into it, 2-2. And, you know, the Greenway thing happens. And I got to tell you, I tweeted this during the game. Hockey Twitter's wild. Every single hit is either attempted murder or it's like a nothing. Uh, it's like, oh, it's a dive. Every single, every single hit. Now, my take on the Greenway thing, I think it was one of those like, do I think he meant to like make a little bit of contact? Yeah, of course. He didn't get pushed into him. Um, you know, he kind of skated through the crease a little bit. But the people saying he dropped his shoulder and intentionally hit him in the head, I think that's aggressive. Uh, you know, it's it's even like, you know, you have Minnesota fans who are now, you know, they try to go full hero mode and they're like, oh my God, like that's the worst. That's a goon play from a goon player. I'm like, I don't think so. Like if you look at it, I think he meant to either like brush him or like skate real close by him. And everyone's saying that he dropped the shoulder. I thought it looked like he was trying to go around him and like stuck the, sh you know, when you're like moving around somewhere, you're like, whoops, sorry, excuse me. It looked like that. And it ended up just being a really shitty result. He made way too much contact, obviously. And, um, you know, Kemper has to leave the game. Hopefully he's okay. That sucks. It didn't look good. Uh, and then Greenway got his head caved in uh, by McDermott, who ends up getting the instigator and a misconduct. Um, but, I mean, again, like, I think it was a, a stupid, selfish play. Um, you know, even if, like, what do you get out of it if you don't make contact there, right? Like, it's not like it really does anything. So I think it was like an accidentally on purpose thing. I don't think it was him being like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to line this guy up and run him. Um, and I mean, listen, he, good for him for standing in there and answering the bell with McDermott. who's one of the biggest mutants in the league. Um, but again, to me, like, I don't see how that ends up getting reviewed or anything. If anything, it, it will just for like, cause he was injured after. And I'm not even trying to like downplay that, by the way. That's like, I really do hope he's okay. I thought, again, I thought it was a stupid like really dumb, stupid penalty that I don't really know what you get out of it if you don't hit him or whatever, if he doesn't end up getting hurt. Like, I don't really know what you get out of that sequence, but the idea that it was like a, a goon play and like the worst, like attempted murder, then I, that's weird. Um, anyways, let's just move on from that before I go on for an hour about it. Uh, Boldy, another assist. Such a good... Like the light feathered backhand passes, he does that all. He did it a few times in AHL. Um, he was just feeding Rossi in o the the game that Rossi scored the game tying goal, and then he scored the uh, penalty shot in overtime. Uh, he drew the penalty off Boldy, just threading the needle with a little feathered backhand saucer. Um, so he's he, he's he does that all the time, uh, but everything that kid does is sick but he feeds fiala fiala goes in beautiful move go shelf in the backhand for his 100th nhl goal 
So that was awesome. He's been outstanding the last few games. Uh, I think he's on a six-game point streak now. Maybe. Maybe like four, actually, now that I think about it. Might not be. Um, I thought he was really good. Connor Dewar, I thought, looked good in the first period. And then as time went on, I thought he didn't have like a rough game or anything. It's just a hard game to play in. Um, Kaprizov is just, I mean, the kid's unbelievable. Like I said, he's got 33 points in the last 19 games. I mean, the kid's a maniac. Um, but again, the team is, it, it's just, there's just no, there's no quit ever. Like the, it's, even when they're down like two or three with a couple minutes left, like, yeah, no, we're in this game. It, it's a team that over the last, since Everson's kind of taken over, they've had that identity, right? Where it's not just going out and playing. It's like, no, we're going out and we're going to win. There's an expectation every game that they're going to win. Um, and it's just nice. It's really nice. To, after all these years as wild fans, it's just nice to see that um, in the team. Now, that the goal, the McKinnon goal is so confusing. First of all, the fact that Kakinen had the wherewithal to like not move his pad so you can't see the puck. I mean, clearly that had to have crossed the line. Like common sense tells you across the line. Um, and then you know that really long review, and eventually they go over and call it a goal. And Everson's losing his marbles. He lost his marbles like eight times today. It was very funny. Um, he was going ballistic. <laughs> and he said after that, uh, he's like that he asked the refs and they said. The league said it was the goal. It was the NHL that told them it was a goal. And he said, okay, well, did you see? He's like, no, the, 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 the ref said that it didn't cross the line. So I'm very confused as how that worked out. Um, that was just weird. So I don't know how that ends up being a goal. Again, like it clearly, it must have crossed the line. It had to have crossed the line. But like they called it no goal on the ice. And then I just don't know. You can't see the puck from any angle. So the league must have... I know they have angles that aren't public or whatever. So I guess they must have had something, but I just don't know how you overturn that. So, but I mean, they did and whatever, because once again, this fucking hockey team, they storm right back. They pull the goalie again with like three minutes left. And what do you know? Sick feed from uh, Zuccarello to Kaprizov. That shot, the, his, the way he's able to angle his body from where he was on the ice to put that shelf, uh, and to hit it that hard, like that was the only two things that Zuccarello could have done with that puck or feed Kaprizov or shoot. So Francis knows where that's going. Like he has to, and he still beats him with an absolute hammer. Um, to, I guess that was the second goal. Then I think about it. Sorry. The third goal was just like, they're mucking it up in front. Yeah. So I mixed that up. Who cares? doesn't matter. We're leaving it. We're not editing that out. Sorry. Anyways, uh, yeah, so the third goal, Kaprizov's there out front. Uh, you can see him battle for position. You love that. Scores. And that Selly was electrifying. Sees the Minnesota fan, jumps into jumps into the glass. That's the best day of that guy's life. I tweeted the video. The guy was losing his marbles. He's probably absolutely shit-faced. He's going to tell his grandkids about that. I'm going to tell my grandkids about that if I have grandkids. Um, but, yeah, once again, the team just comes back, tie it. Had a bunch of really good looks in overtime. I thought Boldy had that one sequence with Fiala that they almost scored on a few times. Um, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, how good is Matt Boldy? Like, the kid's unbelievable. Just clearly, like, not just NHL ready, but, like, ready to be a difference maker. I mean, he's been a point-per-game kid now through these four games. 
Um, and again, he's a dual threat. He can shoot. Uh, he's a really smart player. He can pass. But his defensive game is is right up there too. He had a couple takeaways in overtime on McKinnon. Um, you know, it's funny because Boldy's not the fastest skater in the world, uh, but he's a good enough skater and he can keep up with guys. And his defensive reads, just because he's such a smart player, it translates on both sides and it makes him effective uh, in all three zones. So it's like, I think they're different players, but the mold of uh, like a Mark Stone type where it's a winger who is capable of playing like a center, right? I mean, he Everson had him take a face off at overtime. Um, but it's just the way he plays. And he's just, he's just, he's been ready. Um, but I think, now he's here and he's a big part of the team. Um, he's here to help them win now, and he's firmly in that top six. And like I said, his AHL numbers I or days I think are numbered. So all around, like you can't be mad about losing this game. Um, considering how it started and how it finished, like it's just this team's awesome. So that's Minnesota. Okay. Not bad. 33 minutes in. Um whatever. I don't even know what I, I mean. so you see, I even tried to plan this one a little bit and I have no idea what I've been talking about. Um, but real quick, let's pay some, let's pay some bills here. Let me tell you about DraftKings. Uh, the NHL. Nope. I already messed it up. Let's try again. The NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is kicking things off with a huge offer counting down to Super Bowl 56, New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Sportsbook is not available in your state yet. Still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Boom. Nailed it. Um, it's actually kind of funny because I'm pretty sure <laughs> wildcard weekend is over. Uh, but whatever. I, I did my job. Moving on. Uh, let's just go through Iowa real quick. Like I said, Eric Stahl, I mean, just he's better than everybody. Uh, he looked really good. Um, I would assume that this is his warm up for Olympics and then hopefully NHL, uh, after. Um, but yeah, they played three games, went two and one, lost today, but they played really well today. Um, who was it, Milwaukee, or was it... Yeah, I think it was Milwaukee. Might not have been. I don't know. Uh, their goalie was just standing on his head, and then they defended really well. Um, I think Iowa gave up one empty netter, so it's 2-0. Uh, but Eric Stahl just looked really good. He played with um, Chafee and Beckman, and they looked fantastic. Beckman's been... I'd said it last week. He's continued... The last month or so, he's been playing his best, most complete hockey. Uh, he's whether he's sometimes you'll see him on the fourth line, the third line playing with like McLeod and Susie's 
Um, every once in a while, he's out there killing penalties. Um, but he he's forechecking really hard too. He's working so hard in in all three zones. So it's really nice to see. Like again, people had asked me, you know, what, what's up with him on the fourth line, and I've said it a thousand times. It's not like a punitive thing. Uh, the AHL is a developmental league, right? Like obviously they want to win. That's the whole goal. Anytime you're a pro athlete and you're playing in a game, you want to win. Um, but I think right now for him, he, he can't just come to the NHL as like that guy with a really good shot. Right. Cause everyone is, every, anyone can do that. So, you know, his time in the AHL isn't just to score goals. It's to develop a little bit of a multi-dimensional game. And he's been doing that for about a month now. I thought he had a rough spell, you know, in like November, uh, through the beginning of December. But since then, uh, especially with, you know, Boldy getting called up, uh, uh, Dewar getting called up, those guys. I thought he's really stepped up his game. Uh, he plays really hard. He's super physical. He's getting in the mix, drawing penalties. Um, whether he's not getting any power play time or he's on power play one, you know, he's playing with a lot of jam. Um, you know, he's pat- He's made a couple of real nice passes and he's, and he's getting the points too. I think this was his first game. He didn't have a point of like four or five games. Um, but he's just been a difference maker for them. Uh, so it's been really good to see. I know Tim Army's been very pleased with him. Uh, he looked great. Uh, Nick Swenny looked really good this week. Uh, he had a real nice assist on a Kyle Rao goal. Uh, just kind of danced a guy in transition at the blue line and just fed one right out front, right out of the reach of the goalie. Uh, and Rao could just kind of tuck it home. Uh, Zane McIntyre's looked good this week in net. Uh, Hunter Jones played today for the first time in a little bit. Um, but all in all, I think Iowa was really good this week. M- Mitchell Chafee has been awesome since his return from injury. Like he came out firing the last few games. Um, you know, I think he scored or had an assist the other day. It was his first goal since being back, but he's looked really good. Um, again, like un- I didn't, I've never seen the kind of physicality from him before. And he's like hitting everything that moves. He's four checking super hard. He's just looked really good and dangerous. He's like driving the net a lot, which I like. Um, so, you know, it's, a, it, this is a kid with skill and he can shoot the puck, but he's now he's developed a little bit of that kind of like not being afraid to get some like dirty offensive production, right? Go net front, develop a little bit of a more well-rounded offensive game. Um, and then Marco Rossi's been fantastic. He really has. He, he clearly was not, I'm sure he was bummed about going back down after getting a taste of the NHL, but I think this is always the plan with him anyways. So I'd assume that you let him cook in Iowa, uh, let him be that first line center, you know, playing over 20 minutes a night, power play one, PK one, up a goal with a minute left, throw him on there for the faceoff, down a goal, looking for it looking for the game tire, like you throw him out there. So he had a couple points this week. Um, he had a penalty the other day where he was just like in the crease. I don't even think the goalie did anything, but like three guys just started like hitting them after the whistle. So he grabbed the goalie's mask and tried to rip it off. <laughs> so when he gets pissed and he starts getting a little scrappy, it's very funny. Um, Cause again, it's this little kid who's just like, he's fiery uh, and he's super competitive, but he's been great. Um, and the last thing I want to say in Iowa, Cody McLeod played his thousandth professional hockey game. I don't remember if this had already happened. I think it had maybe, 
last episode, but they celebrated again uh, at their first home game in a while. Yeah, it did already happen, but they weren't, they were away for his thousandth game. But man, like, how do you, what a, like, what a goddamn warrior, like a thousand pro games doing it the hard way, um, fighting everybody, fighting guys out of his weight class. Like he's just been that dude forever. And again, it's just really cool to see. He's got that passion to just keep playing that clearly doesn't need to he could retire with the amount of money he's made i mean it's not like he's making like you know whatever millions and millions but he's made enough to like just call it a career like you don't have to keep doing this and he just wants to um you know he's got the c on his sweater for a reason um but good for him to just just doing it the hard way still going everybody who asks still playing super hard um and I mean, he's playing with like an Adam Beckman and Adam Beckman loves him. So, uh, but good for him. And it was nice to see uh, him get a really nice reception and a nice ceremony for his thousandth game, um, considering how he's done it. So good for him. Let's do the roundup. We're flying. We're not doing bad. Um, let me pull it up. Where's my, okay, there it is. So prospect roundup, as always, we're gonna start with Ryan O'Rourke. Two games this week. Um, I've told you before, it's time you got to find the overs. If you, I found a couple that like Bet99 has CHL action. Um, I'm trying to find some like American based ones so that I can hammer every single Sue Greyhounds over because they both hit. Um, but he's been a beast. Uh, first game of the week, they win 5 2. He scores a goal, has two assists for three points. Uh, second star of the game. Second game, it was yesterday. Uh, Finishes with an assist. It was a 6-1 win. And I think they were up 5-0 by the end of like 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 halfway. No, by the end of the second period. And he had factored into he only got one assist and he finishes plus two with two shots. But you know, he he factored into like four out of those first five goals. Um, you know, and it's just he's a pro. Like the kid's a pro hockey player. He's ready to step into the AHL. And I think I mean you know, he, he was already last year and he played really well in those 30 games that he played. Um, but, you know, I've said this before. It, he doesn't try to do too much. He's not, he knows who he is as a player and what makes him effective and what makes him really good. Um, and he just does that every night. To me, he's just like, I, I do, I think I do say it every week, but I probably shouldn't. The idea that he's like too good or whatever. I think he's just, proved everything he's need to prove in the junior hockey ranks like defensively he's one of the best like def- pure defenders in the ohl um you know even in his draft class you know there wasn't a ton of like dynamic offensive ability which is like a thing now that you need to be for to be like a first round pick but you know his underlying numbers uh, the defensive side, uh, he's easily like in his draft year was one of the best in the OHL. So he just plays a pro game, whether it's, you know, making, do, making the little plays. So it's like the little finer details of the game that kind of separate some players like him. And he's, and he does it. He just, so like one of the goals that they scored, it was just like off a of face off. He gets in there in their own end. And instead of trying to just like throw it up uh, and get it out, you know, he has the wherewithal to kind of like pull it back and switch directions and rim it around the other side to 
um, you know, afford breaking out and they go down and score that way. Uh, another one, they were shorthanded and someone tries to take him on and he just hammers them and knocks the puck loose. They go down and score a shorthanded goal. Uh, gets an assist on the power play. Um, but it is, it's just like the, it's the little details, the decision-making that he, that he shows. Um, yeah. It's like just the decisions that he makes defensively, offensively, um, you know, when to just get rid of the puck, when to hold on to it, how he passes the puck for me is like a big separator. You know, he's not just going to throw it at you. He passes hard and, I know like this summer I went to the Bruins development camp and you could see guys that had a little bit of AHL experience versus guys that, um, you know, it just play like junior hockey or whatever. Uh, the passes are crisp. They're taped to tape. Um, they're not in guys skates. They're not bouncing. Um, and they're not like soft little lollipop passes. They're firm. They're hard to the tape. Uh, so you can make a play on the puck. And that's what he just does the little details. Um, that it just makes that's what makes him so good. So two games this week, goal, three assists, four points, three shots plus two. So through twenty five games, he's got four goals, twenty assists for twenty four points. Uh, he's a plus one, thirty three pims. Uh, Carson Lambos came back and played for Winnipeg. They only had one game because the one yesterday got postponed. And what do you know? He gets first start of the game. They kicked the dog shit out of uh, Moose Jaw and Damon Hunt. Uh, they win five one. He goes two goals assist plus five five shots for a star of the game the kid's just really good um you know i think when they drafted him judd brackett described him as like a little bit of a throwback where he can kind of like do a little bit of everything and he plays a hard game too um but i thought he was very good defensively he was playing real hard threw some big hits block shots um was out there killing penalties he walks the line on the power play better than most guys in the league uh, in the whl in junior hockey, you know, I've said it before, you know, when you watch him quarterback a power play, it, it's not to the same level. I have to say this every time. It's not the same level. It's not the same caliber, but he, it, he does quarterback a power play the way he moves like a Kale McCarr, where he's just super mobile. The lateral movement is unreal. The edge work, the ability to change directions, go like stop, start moves. Like he's just very, very good at that. Um, he's very deceptive with the puck. He's a, he's a pretty good passer. He's got an absolute bomb of a shot. Um, his goals were a couple pretty ones. Uh, the second one was a little bit of a toe drag right out front, and he goes shelf after finding a loose puck. Just a really smart player, really good vision. Um, and, in like, you know, you say what you want about plus minus, but for him, he's like a plus 26 now. Uh, but good things happen when he's on the ice. Um, now, I thought passing coming into this year was probably something he needed to work on a little bit. Uh, and he has. <laughs> he's firing some real nice bat. Like, even ones where he's, you know, coming around his own net, having his head up, and those, like, little indirect passes off the wall to a streaking forward to send guys in. Um, you know, that's something that's creeped into his game a lot, and it's looked really good when he pulls it off. Um you know, the, retrie the retrievals are good. You know, he's really hard to forecheck. He takes good routes to the puck where he's not just going square to, like, get himself lined up by a forechecker. Uh, he comes in at an angle so he can make a play on the puck right away. Um, but he's just he looked really good in his return. Again, this is a kid. This is his first WHL game since, like, mid-November. Um, and, I mean, he came over and just took over the game. Like, he was just the most noticeable player on the ice. 
uh, and Winnipeg kicked the shit out of Moose Jaw. Like, I mean, kicked the shit out of them. I think they had like 50 something shots to like Moose Jaw's 20. Um, but yeah, they just pounded them. So good for Carson Lambos to come back after going to the World Juniors and having that disappointing ending. Didn't really play a ton, anyways. Um, and again, it was his first WHL game since like before Thanksgiving. So that's impressive. It's not, that's not easy to do to just step right back in and do that. So good for Lambos. He's back and he's looking incredible. So 20 games for him, seven goals, 14 assists, 21 points, uh, 24 penalty minutes. And he's a plus 26. Uh, Josh pillar for Kamloops has been out still. Um, I had meant to go try to figure out what the injury actually was. And I couldn't figure it out. I don't know if it's like upper body, lower body, uh, Kamloops like game day thing isn't great. Like Winnipeg is a really good one. Like the media guide, um, you know, when Lambos was out, it at least said out with upper body injury that like the Kamloops one just like has rosters. So I can't, I don't know what his injury is, but he's still out. Um, so 29 games so far this season, uh, 11 goals, 20 assists, 31 points looked really good. 30 penalty minutes in plus four. Um, but I mean, again, he's hurt, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time doing that. Uh, Paul Pavel Novak was in sicko mode. He's looked unbelievable. Um, and you know, we've said this about him before, but like coming into the year, he was a little bit of a perimeter offensive player, uh, relied a lot on the power play to score his goals. Um, he's got a great shot, elite level shot. So he's scored a lot of those goals from the outside. Um, you know, bombs on the power play but i think this year he's got like 16 goals and i only think four of them on the power play but you know he's going to the middle of the ice um you know he four checks hard and he looked really good in both games that he played three goals three assists is that good hmm. um six shots on net plus five and he actually played a little bit of center too so that's something i love about his game this year um you know he's not just a goal scoring winger um, he's mucking it up in front of the net. They have him now, like, I don't know if it's an intentional thing to make him, you know, become a little bit more two-dimensional or multi-dimensional off in the offensive zone, but he's going, they're having him go net front on the power plays instead of just setting up at the, the circle for a bomb. Uh, and he's battling for pucks. Like he's looked really good and that's how he's got a few points. It's just mucking it up in the middle, middle of the ice, but he actually did play center this week and, you know, there was there's always been like a little bit of a sneaky playmaking ability in there, but now it's on full display with a playing center. Um, and it's paid off and he's scoring in multiple ways. The defensive game still needs a ton of work. Um, but you know, the more I watch, I don't think it's something that he can't overcome. To me, like when I we've said this before, it's like he looks slow when he has to go play defense and all of a sudden he's like the fastest skater in the world on offense. He's four checking guys. Um, I think it's as simple as moving his feet defensively. You know, if you watch uh, Kelowna, you know, you'll see him, you know, he's there, you know, it's not a matter of like, he looks slow or look like a bad skater because he's like behind. He just is gliding. Like he's just puck watching and gliding the defensive zone. And I just, I think that's a correctable thing, especially if he's going to go play in the AHL soon or, you know, whatever their plans are with him. Um, I think he has another year with Kelowna, but, you know, I think it's a simple thing for him is just, Hey, pick your head up. Don't just puck watch and glide towards the puck, move your feet a little bit. Um, 
and I think that'll fix it'll at least make him a serviceable defender. Um, but I mean, hey, <laughs> right now he's lighting up the score sheet, so not a whole lot to you can't really complain about it. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, two games this week, three goals, three assists, six points, five <clears throat> plus five. Six shots. He goes 19 for 33 at the faceoff dot. And that's the kid that's primarily a winger. Um, so that's, I mean, yeah, we'll take that. Uh, so now 29 games, 16 goals, 24 assists, 40 points, plus 14, eight, eight attempts. He's just having a really, really good year. And he's developed his game. The offense is becoming a little bit more dynamic. He's playing really hard. Uh, he brings it every night. And, you know, I, I do think that defensive play is correctable. It, it could be as simple as, I mean, it won't fix everything, but I think just teaching him to move his feet a little bit and not just, like, glide towards the puck and puck watch, I think that's at least a start for the kid. Um, so let's move on. Damon Hunt. Uh, he returned from injury. Uh, he had been out for a couple weeks since the World Juniors camp, the broken finger uh, or fractured finger. I think it was his index finger um, blocking a shot. And he actually, so the James Gallo, the, the play-by-play guy from Moose Jaw sat down with him before the game and they aired the interview during intermissions. Um, it was, it was interesting to hear like it, you feel so bad when you listen to him talk about like, you know, everything that happened, you know, he finished that game that he blocked that shot in on the penalty kill. Um, you know, and he had all but made the team. You know, he missed out last year too. Um, and he said it it like just really sucked. Um, but I, I actually liked his comments a lot. You know, he said this is now just part of my journey now. I did I miss out? Yes, but you know, that's just it's only gonna make me better. And you know, he gave you all the like the kind of like the cliche, but you could he you could I played a little bit of the interview and you could hear it. Like there it's sincere. And um, you know, I thought it was he's an interesting cat. He's a funny dude, um, but it was interesting to hear him talk about it. You know, he said there are NHL players that have reached out to him, um, you know, to pretty much not like, I don't want to say offer their condolences because it sounds like he's dead. <laughs> like, so that's not the right way to put it. But, um, you know, yeah, he, he said he had people reaching out to him to give him some encouragement. You know, there are a lot of really good players who never played in the world juniors, right? So, um but anyways, he came back from injury, and the first game he looked outstanding. They won 6-2. He goes six shots on net, two pims, and a plus two. Um, you know, he's doing that without – he's usually playing with Denton Matejchuk. Matejchuk's been out, so he's been playing on the right side. Um, and those two games – in the sec, in the second and third game this week, they got their fucking asses. First one, they lose 5-1. Second one, they lose 7-1. Um, but again, like, you know, this is a kid who's playing – you know, 25 minutes at least every night. Uh, you know, you lose 5-1, he's only dash one, three shots on net. Uh, and this is a question that had someone had asked me, like, how is his plus minus not like negative infinity considering they're losing 5-1, 7-1? You know, he has an assist. He technically got an assist in the third game. So, when you can they lose 7-1 to Regina? Connor Bedard was in sicko mode. He only goes dash one with two shots on net. Now, part of the reason is, their power or their penalty kill sucks. It's the worst in the league. They have given up more goals, more power play goals than any other team in the league. And um, you know, he, sure he's out there for that. But when he's on the ice, generally speaking, good things happen. Like I think he has three or four games where he's plus five. So um, 
you know, he's a big part of their offense. He does play like a forward. Um, I, and this is a kid I do want to see in the AHL next season. I don't want to see him go back to WHL. I think right now he's just outgrown it a little bit. And I think he can get away with, you know, playing kind of like that fire wagon hockey where he's just, you know, out there, um, looking for points or whatever. I don't think he does that, but it's gotten to the point where he can get away with that. Um, and there's some, like, this is a very good player, very good prospect. Um, and he is so close to being like a pro player. Again, he played a couple of games in the AHL last season. He looked great. Um, but I kind of want to see him in a little bit of a different role where he's not just like, you know, I've said it before. He kind of ends up being almost like a Rover in the offensive zone, where he's just like flying around and it's effective. It works. Um, you know, he's got pretty good point per game here, but like, I do want to see him go play AHL hockey against pro hockey players. Um, so we can kind of play more of a game that's going to, that he's going to have to play in the NHL, if that makes sense. Cause right now he's just kind of playing, look, I, w- I don't want to make it sound like he's slacking or anything like that. Cause he's not, he, he plays, he's plays super hard. Uh, he defends well, really good skater can move the puck. He's got an absolute howitzer of a shot. Uh, very good passer. He's got eyes in the back of his head. Um, but he's kind of just like a man amongst boys in a lot of nights. And like, you kind of watch like, well, he's just better than everyone right now. Um, so I kind of want to see him go to the AHL and see if he can put more um, kind of like realistic, projectable hockey together. Um, but yeah, so that's Damon Hunt. Three games, one assist, 11 shots on net, two penalty minutes, uh, and even plus minus, even though they gave up a million goals. 25 games for him this year, nine goals, eight assists, 17 points, 19 penalty minutes, plus three. Um... Let's talk Kyle Masters. He looked really good again. The points weren't there, uh, but he came into this this uh, this week with like a three-game point streak. Um, but once again, it's just the things that make him so fun to watch, like how el- elusive he is retrieving pucks behind his own net, how deceptive is he is when he gets when he gets moving with it. Um, you know, zone exits, transition offense. He facilitates all of that. Um, and again, you, you look at the stats and there, it doesn't like jump off the page, but then you watch him play and you're like, holy shit, very noticeable. Um, I, I just love watching him play and he's continued to play with some serious bite, physical edge for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they played the Wheat Kings in their first game and he was pretty much tasked with, uh, dealing with Ridley Gregg who's an Ottawa Senators first round pick a couple years ago. The kid's a complete mutant. Um, he's almost at two points per game. You know, he's got like 80 penalty minutes. <laughs> like He's tough. He hits. He's dirty. Uh, he is miserable to play against. And I think Greg did go off that game for like three points, but only one of them came when Masters was out there. And it, I think it was on the power play. So, he was going back and forth. I mean, Masters plays hard. He's a tough kid. Um, you know, he's not the biggest dude in the world, and, and Greg's a complete mutant. Um, but Masters was going at him, did not back down, played super hard, super physical, finishing hits, you know, away from the puck. He's jousting with him. And there aren't a lot of guys willing to take on, like, a Ridley Greg, or, you know, there are, there are a lot of guys who would, who would absolutely back down um, and just like, eh, I don't even know who that guy is, like, pretend that you don't see him. Um, 
but Mash was in his grill all night. Um, but two games this week, one shot, two pims. He's got 10 points through 36 games. It's a plus 24. He got a really funny award. He got like a suit jacket for like <laughs> for the best plus minus in December. I don't know. It's now my favorite award. Um, but anyways, what makes him so good? Because people have been asking me, so I said I would uh, sound off on him, on him a little bit here. Uh, yeah, it's it's the little – the deceptiveness he has on the puck – the way he um, maneuvers up the ice, I've said it before, he facilitates a lot of their offense by doing kind of like the grunt work where he's retrieving pucks, he's beating four checkers with ease. He flies. He's a really good skater. Um, he defends super hard. He's Whether it's along the wall, uh, in the middle of the ice, he's always in the right spot. Um He's super high skilled. He'll like, he's got a couple assists where he's just bombing up the ice. And, you know, it looks like he's just going north, south in a straight line. And, you know, he'll throw a body fake, a uh, head deception, and he just eases around players. So, you know, every night it seems like there's probably three or four times where, you know, they dump the puck in and he's going to get it. And he's got two guys running at him, two four checkers going at him super hard. And it looks like, they're just going to line him up and kill him, and he just gets right around him. Um, but he he does a lot of subtle, but um, his game is subtle but incredibly effective. And I think he has, you know, as a kid that went in the fourth round, he should not have gone in the fourth round. But he has a lot of tools that would have made him a first round draft pick. Um, you know, I think anytime a player like him who doesn't put up a ton of points, you know, that's always going to like knock him down a peg. Um, you know, but like I was listening to Judd Brackett talk about him when they drafted him. And for him, a big part of his development was going to be adding some strength. Um, you know, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but um, consistently bringing that physical edge, getting stronger, um, you know, and consistently bringing the deceptiveness, um, you know, when he's on the puck if he can become a consistent player like that and do things that make him really good on a more consistent basis, then he's absolutely going to be a very good player in the NHL. Um, you know, I had someone ask me what I thought his, you know, projection looked like. And I think if everything goes well, you're looking at a really good middle pair complimentary piece who's reliable on both ends, plays hard, good skater, um, he could probably be on a second power play unit if he adds a little bit more creativity um, into his game. Um, he can kill penalties, a good defender. Um, it's just a guy that, like, maybe he's quiet, but he just plays forever. You know, one of those types. But, um, you know, for me, when I watch him play, it's that lateral movement I want to see a little bit more of, like, not just north-south, because he's one of the best at playing, like, taking a puck and at full speed. He's one of the best I've seen in the WHL. Like he's just he times his routes really well when he's going to receive a puck. He's always receiving it in stride um, at 100 miles an hour, and he just kind of bowls his way up the ice. And then sometimes it feels like he hits the offensive zone, and he kind of just ends up going right to the wall. And he's like, uh oh. Or sometimes he'll try to like stop and just make like a simple pass. But um, you know, I think he's sometimes almost like 
he he lives two plays ahead and sometimes i wonder if it's uh he's like <laughs> too far ahead for like maybe other guys don't really know what he's about to do um and sometimes he just like stops himself in like full momentum and he loses the puck or whatever but uh, you know i think that there's a lot there to like he's a, again he he kind of has that modern day you know puck mover he's a good skater he defends well and he kind of just like the mold of like that modern day puck moving defenseman he's got that and i think he just needs to become a little bit more dynamic in the offensive zone you have a really good player and there's more points there so um but he looked really good again uh he's just just doing his thing no points but uh noticeable Caden bank here i thought he was awesome i've had people ask me about bank here as well um he went off for points this week looks really good uh Three games. First game, he had two assists, dash one, two shots on net, four out of ten, the faceoff dot. Second game, they win 6-1. He scores a goal, adds an assist, plus two, eight shots on net, seven for nine, the faceoff dot gets second star of the game. And in the third game, they lose 5-2, one assist, dash one, one shot on net, five out of 13 at the faceoff. So three games, one goal, four assists, five points, 11 shots, 50% the faceoff dot. Uh, I thought he looked really good. And you know, this is a kid that, you know, he's like 6'2", 180, 185. Uh, I think I said it before, but a couple of years ago, he was like three inches shorter. So I think he's still getting used to like how big he is. Um, and one of the big areas that need, that he needs to develop in his game is the skating. And I think part of that is just getting used to being a big player now, um, you know, and getting stronger with that as well. So you know, coming in as he's trying to figure out what it's like to be six two. Um, you know, I think he was trying to figure out how to leverage his strength and kind of develop that way a little bit, be a little bit more physically assertive. <clears throat> um, and I think his skating actually just this year alone has like dramatically improved where he's starting to create chances like on the rush. Um, I think he had a couple assists this week to Stankoven where it's like He's winning battles along the wall and creating uh, two-on-ones um, and just feathering really nice passes out front for Stankoven. Um, he was super physical this week. Very, I mean, he was defensively, he was solid. He did give up, they gave up one goal in their last game where he kind of coughed it up in the middle um, and then lost track of his man and they potted one home. But, uh, you know, his assists, it was sweet. It was on the PK and he wins the race again. Like there's that skating again, right? Like he wins the race to the wall, gets into the battle, pokes it free. And he leads the two on one with Stank Oven and he just puts it right in his tape for an easy goal. Um, both of their losses, they were up there. The first game they're up four, nothing and they lose five, four and the second game they're up two, nothing lose five, two. Um, but he's just looked really good. And he's showing a little bit of that playmaking. I told you before, like when I, when he was um, playing as, Stank Oven's left wing with Pillar on the right. I thought, you know, he was getting a ton of points, but a lot of them was just, he's a very smart player. He's really high hockey IQ. So he's always in a position um, where he's going to be able to score. But I just wanted to, wanted to see him play a little bit more center, see so some more playmaking um, and see if he could drive a line. And he's definitely been doing a lot of that since, like I think the last three or four episodes, it's been me saying, oh yeah, this has been Bank here's best week, whatever. Um, and he's just continuing to grow and progress uh, and play really good hockey. So I've already seen the skating become a lot better. Um, he's not the quickest dude in the world, but um, 
you know, even little things like changing directions on his edges, you know, it's not easy to do when you out of nowhere, when you're like 18, you grow three inches. So, um, you know, I think he's learned how to use his body a little bit. He's getting really physical in the trenches and like really going to war in the, in the front of the net. He's got a really good shot in tight. He plays in tight spaces really well. I think he's just a really good complimentary piece. I think when he does make it to the NHL, I think he's more of a winger. And I think I said this last couple of weeks. I think if he hits his absolute ceiling, you're looking at like an Alex Kalorn type, which I will definitely not complain about. Um, you know, big body, physical, defense, really hard. Um, I think his coach is described as like a low maintenance character guy. So, you know, you love that kind of willing to do whatever it takes to win. Um, but, and there's offense there and he can play with really good players. So I thought he was fantastic this week. Again, five points through those three games earned all five of those points and just looked really good. Uh, so 34 games, 12 goals, 18 assists, 30 points, 14 penalty minutes, dash two. I think that was our junior hockey boys. So let's move on. Jesper Wallstedt off COVID protocol uh, makes his return. Looked pretty good. Uh, the numbers aren't great. He played two games. They went two and one. Uh, I mean, sure. The he's the first game they lose three one and makes twenty two saves on twenty five shots. Uh, again, they just leave this kid out to dry and they cannot score goals. And then the second, what do you know? They they score four and he's going to win you that game every time. Um, the one shot that beat him on the power play in that second game was an absolute bomb on the power play. They actually were playing really well, and then they just decided to take three penalties in five minutes. Uh, and I think he had like 10 of his 19 saves in the first period on the PK. Um, but again, he's just really good. This kid, he just the way he anticipates the play, he's always in the right spot. He doesn't have to rely on like any kind of superhuman athletic ability. He's just a really smart hockey player and he just makes really good reads. He moves well enough in the crease and he's always, um, you know, it seems like he's just moving, um, to that spot in the crease where he knows the shots gonna be coming from. So he looks really good. He's still top five in like every category, nine, seven and three with a nine twenty save percentage and a 1.9 goals against set up four. I don't think he's far away from being an NHL goalie. Um, you know, we'll see what he does next year. I would assume he comes over and, you know, plays in Iowa uh, and flirts with getting NHL time. Uh, Philip Johansson, he looked really good. Uh, they played one C or Champions League hockey game, uh, the semifinal. He looked phenomenal. They lost 3 1 and got eliminated, but he scored an absolute bomb of a wrist shot at the end of the game. Uh, five shots, a block. Second highest time on ice. He played 19, like 50 or so, I think it was. Um, but he looked really good. He's playing really physical. Um, you know, it was like a semifinal game, so he was going balls to the walls. He just looked really good, playing super hard. Um, and then the one game that they played for Ferlunda this week, they went 4-1, played 16 minutes. He's a plus one. Didn't really catch a whole lot of that game. I think I caught a couple of minutes, but uh, he looked really good in that CHL game. Um, Champions League hockey. Whatever, Champions Hockey League, who cares? Um, but yeah, he's just continuing to just look solid for them. So... 28 games this year, two goals, five assists, seven points, plus six. Um, the other Johansson, SJ, Simon, again looked phenomenal. Uh, two games this week. The first one, he goes 21 minutes and 41 seconds. I believe that was the second highest he's played this season. One goal, one assist, six shots on net. 
plus one with two pims. Uh, second game, 17 minutes, four shots, two penalty minutes, minus one. Um, but his offensive game, like he was always a really good offensive defenseman, but now he's playing with that confidence where he's demanding the puck. Um, the skating's really good. So, you know, I'll be curious to see what happens with him. Uh, is he going to resign in Ilves? If he does that, then I don't think that's like a necessarily like a bad thing. Um, you know, this is his first like kind of like breakout year since he was drafted. So, you know, that's a kid that if he wants to go do it again for another year or two over there and come over when he's however old, then that's fine. Um, or who knows, maybe he'll just stay there forever. I have no idea. I can never tell with the European kids, but he's just looked really good. And he's like, you know, there was a couple games where he's, he had that point streak going. And then, you know, you're wondering if this is like a flash in the pan and he's been doing it now for like a month and a half. So uh, 36 games, five goals, 13 assists, 18 points and 12 penalty minutes. He's a plus nine. He's already matched. So again, 36 games, he's already matched his point total from last season. And that was like 56 games. So he's just looked really good. He's one of their best offensive defensemen that they have. He quarterbacks their power play and he just looks solid every night. Who's Nadinov is back played first line center again. Uh, they played two games. They had two other ones get canceled. So looks like the KHL is a big COVID problem right now, which I mean, if again, like I said, if they're shutting down games for COVID and it's gotta be real bad. Um, I thought the game that he returned to the first line center, he's 1745 time on ice dash two, uh, 35% of the face off. And he had a block shot. I, th those stats were not kind, but he looked, incredible like very good um you know he's not just staying to the outside you know he's getting himself in the middle of the ice he's finding quiet areas of the ice demanding the puck the puck's on his stick a lot uh moving his feet finding really really nice passes that he could have had three assists that game and again like andre kuzmenko one of them i don't know how he missed the puck was on his stick on the goal line pretty much and he still missed um but he looked really good in that game. Uh, first power play, first penalty kill. Uh, one of their more noticeable players had a breakaway and just like he got around the goalie and then it got caught in his skates and he couldn't tuck it home. Um, but he was just solid. And that skating is effortless, man. Like he, he's such a good skater. And he can like change directions at full speed. He He's a guy that goes start, stop, like zero to 60 in half a second. Like it's just the skating's that good. Um, but he, I, again, the stat line wasn't very kind to him in that game, but I thought it looked phenomenal. Uh, second game, he only gets like 10 minutes or so, but he scores a goal. He just ripped one home, um, on his one shot plus one nine for nine at the face off. Thank you. Um, again, thought it looked really good. Uh, I think they had an injury. That's why he got that first line center role in the first game. But, um, but yeah, he, he, once again, fucking Russia signs the contract to stay for another couple of years. And all of a sudden he's getting all the ice time. So, but he, this kid's he's for real. He's a very good player. I have no idea. Will he be a center or wing over here? I don't know. Um, I think he's just going to be a solid player regardless. I've said this before. I think his absolute floor in the NHL is like a Nico Sturm type. So two games this week, a goal dash one block shot, 57% of the face off. So 32 games, five goals, seven assists, 12 points, eight pims plus four. The other Russian boys did not play because of COVID. Guskov and Svetlakov. Um, and that does it for Europe. Man, we're going long. Damn it. All right, let's go to college. Jack McMain is still out. And I'll tell you what, BC misses him severely. Uh, Nestorenko really misses him. Um, so two games this week, 
Nestorenko's stats were two shots. Um, you know, I, I'll be curious to see what this injury is for McBain. You know, I know he was getting looks for Team Canada, but it sounds like the injury is not great, so that might keep him out of contention for a spot on that Canadian roster, which really sucks for him. Um, but BC misses him big time. They just don't have that guy to score. Like they, McLaughlin's been playing really well, and he's awesome. Um, he's going to the Olympics, and then I, he's going to have 32 NHL offers when his season's up because he's an undrafted free agent. But, you know, he's producing. It's just... Um, it's it's pretty obvious that with no McBain, they're missing that like dominant force up top, that big kid that can move, forecheck hard, defend well, kill penalties. Um, and when you need a goal, he's coming through. And BC lost both games to UNH this weekend. Um, again, Nestorenko was there. He didn't look great. I mean, he had a couple of nice plays, but um, so just two shots of those two games. So 20 games for him this year. Five goals, 11 assists, 16 points, 16 pims, plus eight. Marshall Warren's been fantastic. He's playing his best hockey right now. Um, in the 3-2 loss, on, I think it was Friday, he had two assists, five shots, two blocks. Um, he, I believe, that extended his point streak like five games or so, but he's just looked really good. The skating's solid. Um He's another one that's deceptive with the puck when he's moving up the ice. He's really smart, plays really hard. He defends well. He's got a really good active stick defensively. He keeps a really good gap. No one really beats him wide, like, ever. Um, you know, and in front of the net, you don't really push him around. So I thought he looked really good in that game. Second game, he looked good, too. Again, they lost still, but he finishes that game. Three shots, dash two. One of them's an empty netter, so who cares? Uh, another block. He leads them in block shots. I think it's like 18. But anyways, two games for him this week. Again, thought he looked solid. He's just all over it. Um, they've been missing some of their other defensemen, so he's been playing like the entire game. <laughs> but anyways, two games, two assists, eight shots, dash two, three blocks. So that brings his season total through 20 games, four goals, nine assists, 13 points, eight pimps, plus eight. Um, people always ask me if you know, they think that Billy's going to sign either one of them. And just no, I think Warren's a sophomore and Nestor Angle's a junior. They still have college eligibility left. So uh, there's no reason to bring them up early. Uh, Vlad first off, he looked pretty good for UConn. Um, they lost both their games, but he was solid. Um, first game is plus one. No other stats. I swear that like, I, I don't know who does these stats. Cause like, no, I, unless the puck is like getting blocked and I'm not seeing it. Like I see these shots on that and they just don't count them. Um, but whatever, I'm not going to complain. I just complained. Anyways, uh, second game, he looked really good. Uh, he was all over the puck, three shots, dash one. They played BU, it was a good, decent team. Um, but he's fun to watch. Like when he gets going, he gets fiery and pissed off. Um, he wants the puck. He has really good composure. Like when he has it along the blue line, and you're like, oh, please don't lose the puck. You got a guy all over you. And then he'll just like, just fire a really nice pass or just like get around them with ease and you're like oh okay you're you can do that uh decent size um you can't push him off the puck like i said before he plays like a prick sometimes and it's awesome so good for him um 17 games five goals five assists 10 points but again that's probably i don't think that tells a story for him i think he's been really good in most most games i've seen from him you know when he has a bad game he always bounces right back uh but eight pims plus five he probably should have like 30 pims i've watched him cross check so many guys like in the back of the head I love him. Anyways, uh, St. Cloud didn't play, so no Pert or Hentges action. 
Um, but again, congrats to Hentges for making the U.S. Olympic team. And finally, Nate Benoit. I caught a little bit of his games. He's playing really, again, he doesn't play a ton for them, but he plays really hard. He's young, so he's a big boy, super physical, um, decent puck mover, uh, smart player. Um, they played two games. He goes three shots, dash one. Uh, but again, doesn't really get any power play time. Doesn't really get a ton of offensive zone time. They kind of throw him out there um, for like really hard defensive matchups. So, I mean, that's good for him. That speaks to how good he is as a player. But um, yeah, didn't catch much Tri-City. I caught some of the game yesterday and I thought it looked pretty good. Um, so 30 games for him, four points, 16 pims, plus 11. And that is the roundup. Hour and 20. Sorry. Jesus. Um, let's see. Questions. Oh, actually, I, another idea I had that I want to start doing uh, is like a kind of like a video content thing where it's like a film room type video where I'm going and I'm cutting different shifts and I'm kind of talking over them. And I think that would be something people might enjoy, like especially for the guys in the CHL that if you don't have the CHL package, it's kind of hard to see them. Um, so if you uh, if you guys think that would be a good idea, if you want me to do that, or if you have got specific players that you'd like me to do that for, let me know. Um, that would be cool. But anyways, let's go to questions. First one from my guy, Seth Tupal or Tupal. I don't know. Tupal? Tupal? Sorry. There's a four-part question. One, dudes rock. Yes, they do. Two, have fun ripping another episode of Fire. Thank you. I don't think I think I'm the only one enjoying it. Three, is the goalie cupboard bare besides Wallstead, or do the Wild have any other elite goalies in the system? Four, dudes fucking rock. Love that. Yes, dudes do rock. Love it. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's bare, but there's definitely no other elite goalies in the system. But there aren't really a whole lot of teams that have more than one elite goalie in their system. There are a lot of teams that don't even have a elite goalie. Uh, Wallstead's like, he's got, he's one of those prospects that legitimately has the highest, one of, has one of the highest ceilings of any goalie prospect in the world. So that's a pretty good guy to have. But, you know, I think Kakinen, first of all, he's been great this year. Um, I thought he's bounced back after those first few games. Um, you know, he's playing really good hockey right now with, without Talbot. And if you go by underlying numbers, he's probably been better in his limited um, action than Talbot on a lot of nights. I think he has, I think his, you know, his high danger save percentage is, is a lot higher. Um, you know, goal saved above expect is a lot higher. So I think that's a pretty good one, two punch to have in your system. And I think Hunter Jones, you know, he's a set what second round pick a couple years ago. Um, he looks really good on a lot of nights in Iowa. I think, you know, we'll see if he gets to the NHL eventually. I think he's a couple of years away, obviously, but um, those are three good dudes to have in your pool. Um, so I wouldn't say it's bare, but I mean, whilst that's the only elite guy you have, but again, a lot of teams don't even have one. Um, let's see, where do I want to go next? Hideki at Hideki Nishida two. I want to know about hunt too. We all know he was a third round pick, but was he really undervalued at 65th overall? Is he really a good player on a bad team or was he just a WJC director's pet player? I have a hard time gauging his real value as a prospect through all the noise. Um, and that kind of tied into um, at MN wild talk. How is Damon hunts plus minus not negative infinity. 
given that they get beat a lot and he lives out in the ice again part of the plus minus thing first of all plus minus is whatever um but he's on he's on the ice on the ice for a lot of goals for uh and he really isn't on the ice for a ton of goals against at even strength their power their their penalty kill just sucks uh so a lot of the goals that he's out there for when he's killing penalties but he does log like 30 minutes a night um but he he's just he's a very good player he's kind of just dominant so was he really undervalued at 65th overall um probably i mean he's a kid with good size he's super physical he defend i think you know for him he like i said before he's got to iron out a little bit of those little details defensively to be more consistent um and more of a factor defensively and that's why i kind of want to see him go play in the pros instead of in junior hockey just because i think right now he can get away with kind of just like playing like a psycho um playing fire fire wagon hockey um you know and like running around like a mutant when he gets mad and like killing people so i kind of want to see him like hey can you go just purely play like a shutdown role can you um you know evolve more of like a quiet game sometimes um but he is a very good player to answer the question about is he a good player in a bad team or just the wjc director he's not like i don't know why there's so many people that are like i don't know why team canada seems to love damon hunt it's like well every fucking nhl franchise i know likes damon hunt he's a really good player and you know a lot of people had him pegged higher than where he went in the draft but he just got injured a few times in his draft year so the health thing kind of like put him back a little bit um the end of the day you have a kid who's got good size he's a very good skater he's a very good puck mover um most of the time he defends really well um and there's offense there he's got a really good shot he's a really good passer um you know he logs a ton of minutes in all situations so yeah he's a very 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 good player and him the the defensive pairing of him and denton matechuk might be the most entertaining and definitely one of the best um defensive pairings in junior hockey so i think if he can go play in the ahl you have for me he's probably their second closest red nhl ready prospect to go play in the nhl behind o'rourke like i think the ceiling of like a lambos or whatever is higher maybe um in terms of what they can be but in terms of where they're at right now he's him him and o'rourke are very close I think O'Rourke just edges him a little bit. Um, but Damon Hunt's legit. This is a really good player. So, yeah, I think he was a little bit undervalued, and he definitely didn't just make the World Juniors because he's a director's pet player. He's very good. Like, he is very good. Um, at striker Cyril? Kirill? I don't know why I haven't figured out how to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, do you think the Wild will have any positional priorities? priorities at the draft or you suspect that judd will just grab best value player available second what do you think the weakest position is within the prospect pool so that's always a good question um you know generally speaking most teams abide by just take the best available player there are very few franchises who go by need or will draft a player higher than maybe everyone else has them ranked because they like that player um you know, just knowing how Judd operates, I'm sure that his thing will be take the best player available. But, you know, when you look at the drafts that he's been in charge of with Minnesota, there's a couple common themes there. Number one, he drafts players with very high hockey IQ. Um, 
he drafts players who at least have the potential to be good at both ends of the ice. Um, but for him, the biggest thing is hockey sense. And, you know, you look at all the kids that he's taken so far, they're all very smart. Um, and they can all move. They're all good skaters. So I think he'll always probably abide by that. Take Just take the best player available. But that pool right now is so deep that if he wanted to go out and put a little bit more focus on certain positions, then he could. You know, I think the past two years, the cupboard was dry for goalies and centers, and they went out and they drafted a bunch of centers, and they got Jesper Wallstedt. Um, so, you know, I think he'll I think he'll go into drafts knowing certain positions are not as deep in that pool as other positions. Like, I think, you know, right now he doesn't need to go find another center, right? Like, they have a ton in their system now. Um, you know, defenseman, he's got a ton. If I look at areas when you say weakest position in the prospect pool, um, you know, I'd probably say maybe like a right wing, right shot defenseman. Um, maybe not even right wing because you look at guys like first off likes to play on the right side. Nestorenko plays on the right side, although he's a natural center. <clears throat> um, you know, you have guys like Nick Sweeney uh, down in Iowa, but I'd say maybe like that right shot D and right wing would be those two spots that I'd look at. But, you know, th this upcoming draft is an interesting one where it's super top heavy. Like the first couple of rounds are going to be some of the best first few rounds in a long time. And then it really drops off. And then in 2023, it's like loaded. That draft class is loaded top to bottom. So I'll be curious to see what they do. I'll see how many draft kick, how many more draft picks they acquire. But, you know, if they wanted to go out and put a little emphasis on certain positions, I think they could because that pool is so deep now. Um, but, you know, I think Judd Brackett is a smart guy and he's not going to go, um, you know, just find one right wing or right shot D that he really likes and draft him, you know, 20 spots higher than he should. So. To answer your question, I think they're in a position where they could do that. I don't think they will, like, totally. You know, they might reach, like, a couple picks. Um, nothing, like, drastic. And, again, if I were to, like, bolster anywhere, I'd probably be a right shot D um, just because you can never have too many of those guys. And, like, you can maybe say that, you know, the wing, that right winger would be another place to go look. But, um, you know, I'm, for me, I'm always going to take the best player. Um, and if I really like a guy, then I'll probably trade down. Uh, my guy Veach from 10K. This guy stalled down in Iowa. Looks good. Clutch Gene, too, putting in an OT game winner in his first week with the club. Think he could ever make it to the show? Yeah, you know what? It's too too early to tell. He's too young. Not enough AHL experience, so I don't know. Uh, Wild Young Guns now. They got locked out. That's bullshit. And they had to change their name and picture at mnw prospects go follow that page for all your updates we have seen doer do come in and look great in the nhl could you see a guy like nick sweeney filling a bottom six role in the future he's having a pretty good season in iowa yes 100 absolutely um you know i could see him challenging for spots in the bottom six he's a he's a decent enough defender um pretty good skater he's got skill he can kill penalties he can score he's he's filling the net this year 
Um, he came out of Duluth and just kind of just hitting the AHL in stride. So yeah, I could see him challenging for a spot. He's a good player. Um, he plays super hard. He's not the biggest dude in the world, but you know, that old adage of, Oh, he plays bigger than he is. Um, he's a fun kid to watch. I've wondered about him, um, getting a look maybe like at the end of this year, just to see what he's got. Cause he's looked really good in the AHL. He looks really good on that line with Turgeon at Cramarosa. So, um, you know, that's kind of been like one of their more consistent lines all year. But yeah, I could absolutely see him at least challenging for a bottom six role. It's just, you know, you have so many guys now, right? Like, you know, even right now, you know, Dewar, Duhamer there, Sturm's young. Um, you know, he's a right winger, so he's got that going for him. But yeah, I could see him absolutely challenging. He's a good player. He's having a really good year. Uh, at Burner Victors. Not really a question, but can you talk about Caden Bank here and little run he's on slash his progression? And then at, I don't know how to say this, at N-O-W-A-R-I-A-K. That's what we'll go with. Chat about the highlights from his rush chances. Heard he worked really hard in his skating and wondering if that's led to those chances, transition game, yada, yada. And yeah, I think I've already kind of touched on that. But, you know, as a kid, like I said, he grew a lot in the past couple of years, which isn't normal for a lot of players and it it really does when you're an elite athlete like that or elite level athlete for whatever your age nhl prospect that's not like a little thing that's a big adjustment you have to make um so you know he's playing the game one way for a long time he's learning how to skate at his size and all of a sudden he's got to figure out how to fill out a little bit and not be a skeleton at six two um you know i think the skating's come a long way i think he's got a lot stronger on his skates i see it not necessarily as much or, well, okay, I do see it, like, in those rush chances because he's generating a lot of those, which is, like, very impressive. Um, but even how strong he's been on his skates driving the net where, you know, at the beginning of the year he'd try to do that or he wouldn't. He'd shy away from contact. Um, but, you know, now he's learning how to leverage that weight a little bit and he's able to drive the net and kind of just nudge guys off you know and before when he was 5'9 5'10 he's 16 17 years old he couldn't do that because he wasn't big and strong enough but now he's kind of been able to add that dimension to his game just because he is bigger um and he's definitely got a lot stronger and you know the confidence is there to drive the net um and become more of a dual threat you know he's a good passer all this and that and everything but now that he can whether he's a threat in front of the net um, you know, on that power play, they're finding him in the bumper spot or he's driving it at himself. Um, you know, I think that's something that's really grown just this year alone. So I think he's got better as the year year has gone on. Skating's got a lot better. Um, like I said, Judd Brackett, when they drafted him, said the big areas for that they were going to work on with him were that skating and the strength um, and filling out a little bit. And I think he's done that. Um, so I like his battle level too along the walls. He's a super competitor. Um, and then, like you just said, Novariak, going with that. Uh, you know, he's starting to generate chances off the rush, which, I mean, he's not the fastest dude in the world, but again, the skating has really improved a lot. Um, and I think he's his, his offensive game has grown a lot this year, too. You know, and part of that also is they didn't really play a ton of hockey last year. I think they played like 15 or 20 WHL games. So um, now having a normal year again, um, he's playing with good players, but he's doing it himself on a lot of nights too lately. So he, he's gotten better as the year's gone on. Um, and, you know, this week he gets rewarded with all the points. So good for him. And we'll see. Uh, we'll keep tracking him. 
Uh, DL Scouting. My guy from FC Hockey. If one of the prospects were to get traded in a deal to acquire a center, who would it be and why? This is an interesting one, you know, like, because I think the Wild are in a spot where they have a lot of guys, where they have a lot of exciting prospects like the Beckmans, the Addisons, Boldies, the Rossies. Um, but they're not guys that you want to move, right? But those are probably the ones that have the most value. And then in terms of like the other quote unquote lesser known guys, um, you know, that it's it's hard to figure out really how much value they have from other teams. And if it's like, you know, if you're going out and you're trying to make a Thomas Hurdle trade, and you know, it's the classic asking price of you know, one young NHL player, first round pick and a prospect, it has to be a really good prospect. So, you know, you have to wonder who fits that category. Is it someone like a Ryan O'Rourke who's probably ready to, he's probably pretty close to being ready to the NHL. How comfortable are you trading him? Um, I mean, you look at the defensive pool right now and you have the Jack Perts, Carson Lambos, Ryan O'Rourke, Damon Hunt. Um, so you have those guys there. Uh, it's just a matter of who would you be willing to part ways with now that you have for the first time in a long time, for me, a top five prospect pool in the league, just because you have so many good prospects, you don't want to just be like, okay, yeah, now we can like, we have so many, we can at least, we can trade one of our good ones. Like you don't want to do that. Like they're dealing from a position of strength now where they do have a really deep pool and there's options. If you know, not all of them are going to play, not all of them are going to be here. So you know, it's who's who's probably ready that's got a little bit of a roadblock in front of them. You look at, you know, I do wonder about like a Damon Hunt. Um, I don't think they want to do that at all. I don't want them to do that, but very highly thought of guy around the league. Um, you know, he's ready to play pro hockey, probably in the AHL to start. I don't think he's very far away from the NHL, like I said, but I, I do. I don't want to watch him play junior hockey that much anymore, <laughs> even though he's dominant. But you know, that's a guy that you know league wide has interest. Team Hockey Canada loves him. Um, so you know, you wonder about those guys. And then you know, I'm assuming at this point, Hovanov. I just can't. I think his value is really tanked around the league. But like, you know, is there a team out there that just thinks, hey, we'll we'll get him in here, and he just needs a, a change of scenery? I do think he probably does need a change of scenery, but I don't know how much value still has um but it's an interesting question though because you don't want to get rid of those high-end guys and you don't want to trade you're not going to do that with a wall stat you're not going to do it with a lambos who you just got um but um you know the other guys that are like signed to deals that you could trade you know you look like the damien drews of the world the mitchell chafees of the world um you wonder about those guys but how much value do they have around the league so it's it's a weird spot to be in because i think there's a lot of really good prospects in minnesota um but a lot of but but something that makes this pool so good is how diverse it is right you don't just have the blue chip high-end scores you have a little bit of everything and that's what makes it so good but you wonder how much value that has for another franchise so um you know, I would wonder about, you know, guys like O'Rourke or Damon Hunt. Um, you know, you could look at, you know, I know McBain has a ton of um, interest, you know, Hockey Canada around the league. Vlad Firstov's really thought highly thought of guy. He's played in World Juniors for Russia before. Um, you know, that would be more of like a rights thing. It's not, they're not on deals or whatever, but, you know, you look at those guys, you know, the rights to guys playing in Europe. 
Um, but it's interesting because you really don't want to give up a Beckman. You really don't want to. You're not giving up Boldy or Rossi or Wallstedt. I don't think you're looking to get rid of Addison. Um, and then it's just kind of figure out how can you gauge how much interest those other prospects that maybe aren't at the top of um, your list right now, but how much interest do they have around the league? So, you know, you wonder about the hunts, the O'Rourke's, I mean, I'm curious to see what people think of like Damien Giroux or, um, you know, Mitchell Chafee, but you know, if you're going to get in a number one center, you have to do the prospect going the other way. It has to be a pretty damn good one. So, um, but the one I do wonder about is like a Hovanov. I wonder if like the kid's legit, like he's so good. So it's just, it's not working here. Um, so that would be one. I, I'm really curious to see how much value he still has around the league and what guys think of him. I mean, he's signed. You know, he's on an entry-level deal. So, um, you know, maybe that's someone that teams would be curious to to take a run at. And then you look at those college guys like McBain or first off or whatever. So um, I guess that doesn't really answer the questions um, in terms of which one would go for a center. But yeah, I think the ones that you're almost comfortable dealing and have the most value are like the hunts and the O'Rourke's of the world. And I think you're probably pretty comfortable dealing with a Hovenov, but just don't know how much value he has. Um, but yeah, I think that's all the questions. Let's see. Did I forget any? Probably. And that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, hour and 41 in. Jesus Christ, my bad. Isha, sorry about that. I thought I was going to be able to keep it short and concise, and then here I am. Um, anyways, thanks for tuning in. If you're still listening, you're a psychopath. Um, if you've been listening, just waiting for the questions, I'm sorry that you had to wait so long. Um, if you guys have ideas for segments or if you guys like the idea of me doing some kind of film room thing, um, and talking through guys shifts and posting those videos, let me know, um, throughout the week, send me some questions and you know, next week we're going to do it. It's going to be a nice shorter one. And by shorter, I just mean like an hour. Um, but yeah. All right. That'll do it for me. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week.